Hey, what's up, ringers? Here we are. We're glad you're here with us. Hey, Danielle. Hi, Dan. Hey. You are in for a treat with today's episode, that is for sure. Um, <laughs> Danielle and I uh, covered some very sensible, very tactile, tangible things that you can do. We talk a lot about, you know, conceptual, emotional things on this podcast, but this is definitely a tangible list making kind of episode. And we definitely put our silly pants on for this one. We're recording it on a Friday. So things are, you know, we're a little silly from the end of the week, but we think you're really going to enjoy this one and have some fun with it. And um, there's also some very big news in this episode that you've got to stick around for and listen up for. So just sit tight. It's going to be a good time. Yes. And if you've been following along on Patreon, or more importantly, if you are part of our Ringer Club, you already know the big news because you are amazing. So with that said, some other big news. Oh, we can announce, Dan, our first ever Ringer Club virtual meetup, if you guys are listening to this in real time, is going to be this Thursday, August 13th, 8 p.m. Eastern time. We're going to be hanging out with you guys. You can bring us your questions. Ask us anything you like. We will talk about wedding stuff. We can talk about Harry Potter stuff. We could do anything you want is what I'm saying. <laughs> yep, but, we're going to hook up with a, a little Zoom link. Everybody can hop on there, join us. It's going to be awesome. Yes. Now, this Zoom is specifically for members of our Ringer Club and beyond. But if you have, you know, like if you're like, this sounds really amazing. A, you're really smart. And B, head to patreon.com slash P-A-R-O-I. Like put a ring on it. To me, it looks like parrot, but it's not P-A-R-O-I. And sign up there because even you can sign up that day and still come to our rear club hangout that night. So it's yeah. not too late. Listen, our whole goal behind this podcast, if you've been listening to us for any time, we just want to help as many people as possible and bring joy and help you focus on what is the most important stuff about your wedding. And that is having everybody under one roof for a happy reason uh, or getting married or whatever that looks like to you, right? And we're here to help facilitate that in the most meaningful way because navigating this wedding planning craziness is like taking a drink from a fire hose. It's a lot. Um, and Daniel and I both have, wow, over 20 years combined experience. <gasps> okay. That makes okay. us sound far older than I'm comfortable with. <laughs> <laughs> but seriously, hop on there. Um, join us. Literally, you can ask all kinds of questions. You have two wedding experts, even though I feel weird saying that. Um, uh, just to talk about and ask objective questions and get objective answers, right? Yeah, you also have the other community of other ringers getting married too who are in the same situations as you who are in the trenches with you. And I think the fact that you guys can be there for one another is also a really huge and wonderful, wonderful thing, especially right now, now more than ever. We all need each other during this time. So without further ado, let's jump into this episode. We will see you in Patreon because I know you're smart and amazing and you want to be part of it. And yeah, let's roll. Hey there, ringers. Welcome to the Put a Ring on It podcast. I'm Danielle Pasternak, wedding planner of DPNAC Events. And I'm Daniel Moyer, wedding photographer of Daniel Moyer Photography. Together, we are two wedding pros sharing our best tips, tricks, and advice for planning a wedding that feels good to you. Because planning a wedding is hard work, but not anymore, because we've got your back. So Dan, are you ready? You know it. Let's do this. Hey, everybody. Welcome to episode 88 of the Put a Ring on a Podcast. Gosh, I don't know why it still astounds me that like each number is higher than the one previously. If you know what I mean. <laughs> right. It's interesting how they always increase by one. Wouldn't you say? Uh, amazing. <laughs> I sense a pattern, if you will. 
<laughs> That's right. So how's it, how you doing, Danielle? How you feeling? Hanging in and going strong. <laughs> is that the program response now? That is Boop. the program. Hanging in there, going strong. <laughs> if I write, I hope you're doing well on one more email, <laughs> people might light me on fire because it's just where we're at right now. But it's good. I feel like adulthood for me now is just saying, I'm sorry for my delayed response. <laughs> like, that's it. That's what my all my emails start with because babies. Yeah. That's it. Just babies. Babies, babies. who just turned one. Yeah. Work babies, wife house. That's it. Over and over yeah. again. Life is good. Yeah. With that, speaking of, let's talk about DJs and bands. <laughs> I suck at the segue stuff. <laughs> no. So uh, this is one of those episodes where we do episodes sometimes where we're like getting into more mindset things. This one is going to be one of those super practical episodes where we're going to just give you some handy nuggets. Yeah. And a lot of couples are still planning weddings out there, right? They're planning weddings for 21, 22, and you're meeting with bands and DJs and photographers and coordinators and stuff, maybe over Zoom or Skype. And we're going to give you some super tangible things to actually do. And I know you're going to talk about something very super tangible and practical in a minute that you guys can do and purchase and download to help you out. So without going into anything further, Danielle, go ahead. Let's talk about it. So really, this episode is great if you still need to book your DJ or band because this is exactly what we're talking about. But even if you already have, there's some really good questions in here if you've um, sort of started the process with them that you might not have asked yet or they haven't explained to you. So I really like doing these types of episodes. But if this is a helpful episode for you and you want questions to ask your other team of vendors or you just want this in a really nice, sexy PDF form, guys... If you've been following along on Instagram, you've heard me talking about this nonstop for the past few weeks, but the DPNAC shop, the shop at DPNAC is officially open for business and it's very exciting because we've got worksheets for all different kind of vendor categories or you can purchase the entire bundle of questions to ask, which is like 14 different vendor categories for like a huge discount. So I have the link to that in the show notes to this episode or you can just go to shop.dpnac.com. And our Ringer Club members are getting a huge discount in there as well. So, All right, listen, real talk for a second. And this is off script. So, Daniel, starting to sweat bullets now. I but always listen. sweat a little bit when you do this. <laughs> <laughs> listen, there are vendor question forms out there that you can get, and they're super generic, and they're not really helpful at all. And it's just like somebody who's like, I need to create some content, blah, 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 and they just like throw out a bunch of questions that don't really help you at all. These templates and PDFs that you can purchase from Danielle are coming from the mind of somebody who has been in this game for 10 years and who knows more about weddings and has more knowledge of weddings in her pinky than, you know, most people do in their whole body. You know, whether it's one or 15 of these things, you can absolutely feel confident that with every little purchase that these things will actually help you plan the wedding of your dreams. You can feel confident that it will lighten your load and it'll make wedding planning easier, right? Like there's a million decisions to make. And if you can just take 1% off or 5% off of like the load that's sitting on top of you, the more you can focus on the real things that cause you joy, right? And Danielle's put together a whole bunch of really amazing templates and fun little items for you to purchase to help you do exactly that. And shameless plug, Danielle does not know I was going to do that kind of stuff. She's wiping tears from her eyes because I am so awesome and humble, too. <laughs> no, Sorry. thank you. I'm so happy that that is recorded. So I appreciate that. That felt like I like hearing that. That was good. <laughs> you should go off script more often, Danielle. 
here's the thing. I know where your heart is at. I know you very well, and I know what your intention is. And your intention, just like this podcast, is to help as many people plan a great wedding, the wedding that they want. And it's a lot to plan an event, especially right now with everything going on. But I know for the fact that your intention is to help as many people as possible. And I'm surprised you haven't done this shop earlier, but I'm proud of you that you've done it now and put it up now. And uh, I know how much you've work and time you put into it. So go you. Yeah, it's been like the last three months now of like very focused work. I've been wanting to do this for a long time, but have not had the time. And suddenly, somehow, I have found pockets of time that I'm really thankful for. So let's jump into this episode because I don't like talking about me. <laughs> so, <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's hop into this and get some tangible ideas and thoughts out there. Yeah, so the idea of this episode, are these the questions you want to ask your DJ or your band? Some of these are applicable to both. Some of them will break out a little bit further. But it's not about asking every single question here. It's about asking the questions as the conversation unfolds so you get a feel for their style and for their professionalism. That is the like keystone, the foundation of what you're looking for here. And you're looking at like how comfortable are they answering these questions? Do they have their act together? Are they kind of stumbling through this? Things like that. Yep. And I think it goes without saying one of the things you'll hear Danielle and I talk about all the time on this podcast when you're talking with new wedding professionals, new vendors, is to find somebody you get the warm and fuzzies from, right? Even if I think if it's a if it's a band uh, or a DJ, this is the person who's going to be kind of the driving force behind the party at your wedding, right? So like it depends on what kind of style you're looking for. But I think as you're going through this, look for somebody who like you jive with them that you like, you know, kind of uh, feel a connection with, even if that's like not like a super warm and fuzzy connection, but just like a, yeah, I can see this person. Yeah. feels confident. It feels good. You feel confident about it, right? Exactly. If there's like red flags popping up, it's usually not a good fit. Yeah, exactly. So shall we dive in? Do it. Yeah. We're not going to necessarily number these. We're just going to talk through a few of some good key ones. So I think a good question to start off, and I think a lot of these helps when you don't know what questions to ask, right? So this allows you to come to the table with some confidence so that the person on the other end goes, oh, this is a person I would really like to work with, right? As a vendor. It's a good thing. So one of the questions you can ask, have you worked at our venue before? Why right? is that important? Uh, just because it is. So <laughs> <laughs> shut up, Dan. Don't challenge my thinking. <laughs> no, this is important. So it doesn't make it bad if they haven't worked at your venue before. Any professional is going to figure it out and they're, they're going to knock it out of the park for you. But it's helpful to know so they know about any setup or acoustical or environmental concerns, right? Because in different spaces, sometimes there's more challenges or sometimes there's things that they're like, oh, I know in that venue, they provide an entire sound system. So that's able to help me knock off whatever off your price. Or I'm able to provide you this extra thing because I'm going to have more time to do X, Y, Z. I think it's really more important when you're talking with bands, because by nature, bands take up more space than a DJ does. And not all venues can accommodate 10, 12-piece bands. So if the band you're talking to has been to your venue before and has played there and they don't have any concerns, that's an immediate like, oh, I don't even have to think about how much space do they need and are we making a good choice with that? Right. I feel like this next question also makes sense for you to go over to. <laughs> That is true. It's actually kind of high up on this list. Now that I think about it, I should have put it lower. But here we are. We're rolling with it. We're live. Not live. But here we are. So another question we want to ask. How much are you going to work with us and or our planner coordinator on creating us like a smooth flowing event? Some DJs are a little bit more hands on, whereas others just kind of show up and set up and play what you want. I think with bands, they tend to be a little bit more proactive since they're often rehearsing and preparing a bit differently than DJs, not necessarily more or less, but it's just a different sort of prep that goes into it. 
But there's still some bands that are very laid back and chill, but they're going to require a little bit more direction from you. Either way, I recommend going with a band or a DJ who's going to be there to give you suggestions based on their experience, but not necessarily overrule you on like major decisions that you've expressed mean a lot to you. Anytime as a planner, I have to work with a DJ or band. I love working with companies that are open to collaborating with everybody involved to create an amazing event for our couple, right? That's the whole reason that we do what we do. So anything that we can do that we're like a team and we're keeping an open mind throughout the process is good. I've definitely worked with companies before though that have been like, "Mm, uh, that's not how we do it, which is like, okay, is that helpful at all? (laughs) Because sometimes it makes sense why they do it a certain way and you want to talk through that. But sometimes they just like doing it the way they do it because they're set in stone on their ways and they're not open to exploring anything further. Right, not being flexible, right? And I think this is also important to ask bands because bands are real life human people who need to take breaks and all that kind of stuff. And so they might have more of an input. And maybe you can enlighten us a little bit more about like how you work with bands as a coordinator who say like, okay, we're going to play for this long, then we need a 15 minute break, then we're going to play for this long, we need a half hour break, right? I guess that's kind of one thing to think about here, like how much you're going to work with the coordinator. And then probably my follow-up question to that would be how long is each set? And then how are you going to break up the night and how long is each break? And what do you do on that break? Like, is there a DJ who, you know, kind of fills in during that time or does like parts of the band break off and then it's like a smaller section and they take breaks differently. You know what I mean? Yeah. The idea of sets and breaks is really more specific to bands versus DJs. DJs for the most part, pretty much play nonstop, but yeah, Most bands can't play for just two, three hours straight. There's going to be little breaks involved in there. And you want to know when they play weddings, Dan, do they just play straight through? Have you never seen Metallica cover band at a wedding? Actually, no, I have not. Have you, Dan? They were like a heavy metal cover band and they played straight for like three hours. It was nuts. (laughs) This was a long time ago. Anyway, continue. (laughs) That's amazing. I like some Metallica songs. like all music. I feel like that's where I've come to in my life. I've given up on trying to figure out what genre I like besides Broadway show tunes, which is like tops. (laughs) Also, tangent on that. So we watched Hamilton, obviously, obviously. And I always love every bit of Broadway, but Hamilton was never one I got into as much because I did not have the means to go see it anytime soon. So I was like, all right, eventually I'm going to see it. And that's when I'll go down the rabbit hole of getting obsessed with it. Well, I am down the rabbit hole and I have listened to this stinking soundtrack so much that I now wake up in the middle of the night with just random music playing in my head of one of the Hamilton songs. It's just in my brains now. So I have that knowledge. Yeah. Wait, where were we? So we were talking about bands and sets and breaks um, and all that stuff. Yeah. So you want to find out from your band, like, how long are they typically going to play? And then how long is each break when that break happens? Because ultimately, it's just a matter of making sure that you know how kind of the general flow of the night is going to go. Yep. Do a lot of bands, like, work with you prior to to the wedding and say like okay this is kind of what our stipulations are this is how we're going to do it can you put that into the timeline for the couple like how do they communicate that stuff to you obviously each band is going to vary by nature there are some where it's written right into the contract exactly how that's going to go down others won't kind of start talking about it until you start talking timeline with them as a planner that's just a question i know to ask them but 
if it's something that as you're interviewing them or if you've already booked your band, it's a good question to ask for sure. Sure. There was kind of one other question that I asked in there, which was as bands take breaks, like it's all different kinds of ways. I've seen bands that took like no lie, three 30 minute breaks and there was nothing happening. It was very strange. It was very weird. And I don't think that the couple knew about that prior. Like they didn't have a DJ playing. They didn't have like a small subset of the band playing. I guess the next question really is what happens during your breaks? Like that is a definitely a question that you need to ask your band. What do you do when you all take a break? <laughs> yeah. Can I ask you a question, Dan? Why did it feel weird when there was just nothing happening during those breaks? So a couple of weird things, right? Like the band played when there was introductions. Then they stopped after first dance. And then there was like literally nothing, like no um, master of ceremonies or anything, kind of like helping out with the speeches, that kind of stuff. And there was just this long break, no music being played during dinner. And then like dinner started and they were playing music. Then they stopped. And then dinner came out kind of like in the middle of it. And then they started playing at like a very random time when nobody's ready to get up yet. Like main courses came out and it just didn't it created this weird flow of like music at the wrong times when people weren't ready to dance. And then huge like no lie, three 30 minute breaks this band took and people just didn't know what to do because there was nothing going on. There was no other entertainment other than maybe some people went out and kind of like sat on the back porch. But the vibe was just cut off completely like nothing like it was just a room of people talking, no background music, nothing. Right. It's an interesting thing, right? Because when you're talking with a band or a DJ, in this case, specifically your band, when you're talking with them, you're hiring them and you're booking them to entertain your guests at the wedding, right? And there's all different approaches and ways you can go about entertaining them and dancing and, and providing this music is a very common one when it comes with weddings. So when you're talking with a band who says, well, when we take a break, we take three 30 minute breaks, which should be extreme. Like that's not your normal, what your guys are going to hear, or what you're going to see, but that's a perfect case in point. We're going to play nothing. Well, if you love this band and you really want to have this band, that's when you get your wheel spinning and talking with your planner or your caterer or whoever you're working with to say, what can we put in these pockets of time to make sure people feel entertained and like this time is intentional versus like this big old, now what do we do? I've definitely had situations before where the band just played nothing, took a really long break. And because it was kind of in the last 45 minutes or so of the night, people kind of thought things were over. So we had to really make sure that people were staying high energy and doing all that because a break from dancing is good. And obviously bands need break. They're exerting a ton of energy, right? That's the point. But when there's just quiet and nothing and deadness, it's a mood killer. Mood killer. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So you have to approach it from that standpoint. Some bands will kind of offset that they'll keep like one or two people playing just some music. Other bands will bring a DJ in or a sound tech in that's just going to play some like radio songs and things that they aren't necessarily in their repertoire, but get people dancing and moving too. in which case when that happens, it doesn't feel like the party's stopping in the same way. The band that I was talking about, they weren't quote unquote like a wedding band. They're more of like a rock band that like goes to bars and clubs and stuff that a couple really, really liked. So I think that the normal, you know, them playing three hours at a bar, that's what they normally do. They take a break and people are drinking and talking and the bar might just end up turning up music. Well, this is a totally different scenario. I just don't think that they had really done many weddings before and thought about the idea that like you're creating an atmosphere for people for this whole entire time. Like you said, that's not the normal for all bands to take like three 30 minute breaks 
in a four hour reception. But yeah, definitely a good question to ask. Um, moving on. Moving on. That's like 40% that they're not playing. So this one's kind of about both bands and DJs. And that is, you know, if you're getting married at the same location, indoors, outdoors, whatever, will the band or DJ help you out with your ceremony setup as well? So do they have a separate sound system microphone setup for the ceremony? And is that even an option? Yeah, I like this question because most of the couples I work with, they don't really think about having a microphone for their ceremony. And this is specifically for couples that are getting married, like you said, at the same place that the reception is happening. So if you're getting married someplace else, this really doesn't apply, like at a church or something. So if everything's happening all on one site, oftentimes your DJ or your band can provide a microphone and a sound system to amplify your officiant and you together with your partner as you're saying your vows. Because anything, especially if you're outside, anything more than like a good handful of guests, like if you're looking at 100 plus guests, even a little bit less than that, a microphone is kind of needed in order to, for everybody to help hear everything that's going on. I've certainly seen it happen before without one, but it's just a really nice touch. And if you're working with somebody who understands this equipment, who knows sound and technology, not technology, um, what's the word? Equipment. I just said that. What's the word I want? It's not technology. Equipment and equipment. <laughs> guys we're recording this on a friday and this is where we're at right now but you know what i'm saying you want people that know their stuff right (laughs) we'll just we'll just say that (laughs) all-encompassing stuff yeah yeah but this isn't just like an automatic gimme that they're gonna do for you it's usually an add-on thing so as you're talking with them, like ask them, is this something that we can do? Is this something you guys can provide? If you haven't booked them yet, do we have to add it now? Or can we add it down the line? Usually they're pretty flexible with this, but you want to make sure that all of these little factors are things that you're considering as you go. Alrighty, let's talk about food. I like how we're just kind of jumping all around with this stuff. No, I don't, guys. It's just what it is. So When you're talking with vendors, pretty much all of your vendors that are on site throughout your reception, it is considered, I don't want to say courtesy to feed your wedding professionals because it's not a courtesy. It's like a, you need to do that thing. (laughs) Right. I don't want to say requirement. That feels really harsh, but it would be like inviting your guests to a wedding and not feeding them because it's expected. So... When you're talking with your DJ or the band, make sure you ask them how many pros need to be fed a meal because you might think you're just going to have one DJ show up, but it's actually going to be maybe two people. Maybe they have an assistant or maybe three people. Maybe they have assistant and a setup person. It really kind of can vary. Yeah, especially with bands and DJs, I feel like, you know, no disrespect to them. I feel like a lot of times like couples don't necessarily always think about them because they're showing up like kind of later in the wedding, right? They're showing up just for the reception. So you've got like photographers, videographers, coordinators who are kind of with you all day and you're like, oh yeah, you know, I'm getting meal for my vendors. But even those people who are showing up, like you said, bands and DJs that we're talking about now, a lot of times it will even say in their contract and correct me if I'm wrong, that they require a meal uh, over the dinner time, especially if they're going to be there for that whole time. So something to think about for sure is including them in that. And I think a good way to approach this is if you're like hosting this event, right? And this is your house, right? And you're inviting all these people into your house. I think a great way to approach it is saying anybody who comes into my house, I'm going to take care of because they're trying to take care of you as well. The goal is hopefully as you're creating your team of people is to to surround yourself with a group of talented professionals who are going to take care of you on your wedding day. And if they're going to take care of you, I think the same should be said about them. So if they come under your roof, you take care of them. And that's as simple as giving them a meal. How's that sound? 
I think that's awesome. I'm almost scared to share this, but we did an episode very early on. It's actually a bonus mini-sode. Bonus mini-sode number two that we did back in February 2016 about feeding your vendors on your wedding day. Guys, I'm not making any promises because this is a very old episode when Dan and I were very new to all of this, but I will put a link to it in the show notes if you want to kind of get a better understanding of why you're feeding your vendors and going about that. I feel like that mini episode, we called it a mini episode, but it's still like 35 minutes long. It is only 11 minutes, Dan. So it's actually, oh. it's a good like quick go back and listen one. Yeah, exactly. Okay, mini so yeah. mini two. So the actual link about that is com slash zero zero or no, mini zero zero two, right? Yeah, yeah. I'll put it in the show notes, make it easy for you guys for sure. Anyway, so like I said, going back, feeding your vendors with bands, guys, if you're looking at like an eight person band, a, that can add up when you're feeding everybody, depending on what your venue is doing or your caterer is doing. But it's often not just eight people. You also have crew members and stuff like that that you have to feed. Sometimes it's just one more person. Other times it's more. But all things to consider because that's going to be something you want to factor into your budget. So, yeah. And speaking of budget, another question I want you guys to ask. If our event lasts longer than scheduled, can we make a game day decision for you to stay later? Now, I don't know about you, Dan. I have seen this happen far, far less in recent years than when I first started back in 2009. Anyway, so the idea back then, there was always this talk of like, is there a possibility that when your reception comes to an end, are you going to want to extend it in a half hour, an hour, whatever it is? And then we'd have to go around to all the vendors, make sure that was possible. I, like I said, see this happening far less, but... If you fall into that camp or where you're getting married, this is a common thing that will happen. This is a question to ask your DJ or band. How do you handle that? Because you're always working off of the scheduled time that's in your contract, which is usually, well, I don't want to say usually, in this area, it's often a one-hour cocktail hour and a four-hour reception. So if going in, we know it's a five-hour reception, we have to make sure the band or the DJ knows that because that's going to affect the price. So just keep that in mind when you're talking about extending their services and all of that. And this is definitely a good question to ask because, I mean, even now, like game time decisions are difficult for me, right? Because I've got child care and all that kind of stuff to think about. And so it's not super easy for everybody, you know, especially if there's mamas out there who are working and stuff. A game time call is sometimes not possible for people. So if there's even a remote inkling of, hey, we might add on an hour, letting people know as early as possible is definitely a better of the two options if you're thinking about an extra hour. Yep, exactly. All right, let's talk more about equipment. You know, that thing that I couldn't think of before? Technology. Technology. Yep, that's still not the right <laughs> word. All right. Sound systems? I don't know. Here we are. So as you're kind of planning out your reception, there's probably going to be different formalities that happen. And if you're considering doing any type of toast or speeches with that, your toaster is going to need a microphone. So here's what I want you guys to ask. Do you have a wireless microphone for toasts? Dan, have you ever been part of a wedding where the person giving the toast has been handed a microphone that's attached to a wire that's not very far, so they're stuck as far as how far they can move as they're speaking. Yeah, it's weird. Because I think naturally people want to like go close to the couple and talk to them. And I've seen people put their hands on them and be able to like look, you know, and talk to that person who's right next to them. And it can be strange. And I've also seen people try to walk away with a corded microphone, which it happens, I feel like, almost every time. Although I haven't really seen that many corded microphones in the last like two years. But great question to ask because it changes the flow of things for sure. Yes, exactly. Anyone giving a toast at the wedding should have a reliable wireless microphone so they can comfortably stand near you to give a toast. 
I'm okay if it's a wired microphone because I've seen it where because it's wireless, if it's kind of this like makeshift situation just to make it a wireless microphone, if the audio quality is really shoddy and it's going in and out and the band says, listen, we just have such a better experience if we use a wired microphone, I can adjust to that. To me, that's not a deal breaker because I'd rather it be a good quality sounding toast where people aren't like hearing half of it because the microphone's doing weird things. So just something to think about. Hmm. Should we continue with equipment? <laughs> yes. <laughs> How about backup equipment, right? Like this is a question I get all the time as a photographer. Do you have backup equipment? What happens if a camera fails, whatever? And I think the same thing goes for DJs, right? Do you have backup microphones? Do you have backup um, whatever? Just any of the other stuff in case something. Backup <laughs> <other> technology. technology. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. As with anything, crap happens. I'm just going to tell you. And I don't know that I ever asked you, Dan, but like I know I've seen it happen where it's just been a nightmare situation, a nightmare situation. But a great DJ or band is going to have backups to their backups because technology breaks and you just never know. If a DJ only has one setup and no backup equipment, run. And if they tell you it's okay, they've never had an issue, run faster because nothing's foolproof and they're due for something to go wrong. I think underneath this same umbrella question, I know we've got some more things probably to talk about here, is it's underneath the same umbrella, like do they need Wi-Fi to play music, right? To me, that's backup, right? Like having the actual files or maybe they just, just actually have the files on their computer anyway or a hard drive or whatever because if they need Wi-Fi and Wi-Fi goes down, there goes the rest of your night. Like, you know, are they playing literally off of Spotify or something, you know what I mean? And I feel like, you know, asking them that question in addition to backup equipment saying, do you have different copies of our song, right? Especially if you give out a special first dance song or special, you know, mother son dance song or something like that. What kind of backups do you have if you need Wi-Fi or do you keep the songs on your computer? How does that look? How does your equipment work that way? (laughs) Yeah. Any professional is going to have little systems in place that they know they can turn to. It might cause like the smallest little hiccup of a blip, but it's not going to make your entire wedding just shut down. I've absolutely had DJs before show up and say, what's the Wi-Fi password? And I've said, there is no Wi-Fi. And they go, oh, well, that's going to be a problem, which we figured it out. And now I make sure that we always talk about Wi-Fi prior to that happening because I'll never go through that again. Dan, you work from home. I work from home. I use internet all day long and my Wi-Fi is great. But there's times where it just goes out for no reason and I have no control over it. And that's just what happens. So same goes for a wedding day. Yeah. All right. Let's talk about songs a little bit. Okay. So if you're talking to a band and you have a very specific song that's special to your heart for a parent dance or for your first dance or just something that you want played, a good question to ask the band is, can you learn a song for us if it isn't in your repertoire? Okay, so some bands will offer to learn a song without any charge. Some will charge extra. Others will just say, nope, sorry, this is what we play. And we don't really stray too far from that. So if you have a song that is really important to you, find out early on as possible if it's something that they can play. And if not, if it's something that they can learn. If the answer is no to both, you can also usually just consider playing it from like an iPod or some sort of situation, which guys is really not that uncommon 
So it is very often, especially if a couple has their dance choreographed to a song, that we will use the pre-recorded version just so that we know that it is exactly the same song that they've been practicing with and doing all of that. So don't feel like if they can't learn the song that you can't do that song. As long as you can plug an iPod or whatever into the system and guys have the backup to the backup, but it's still a possibility. Yeah. And I feel like, you know, also continuing on bands and playing songs or whatever. What happens if they can't play a song? Can't, quote unquote, if somebody's sick. Or I guess perhaps the better question is what happens if somebody in the band gets sick? What's their backup plan if the guitarist can't come that night because for such and such reason? Right. And I guess other than really asking that question, knowing what their plan is. That's kind of it. You know, what have you seen? Have you seen what is in contracts or anything like do they have backup understudy guitarists in bands? Like what happens? I don't know. This is one of those things that I don't see covered often in band contracts of all professionals. I would say bands have probably the least technical uh, not technical, the, the, they have they keep things pretty simple, I think, to give them room to play, pun intended there. But yeah, I've definitely done weddings before where uh, somebody was sick or somebody went into labor. Uh, we definitely had that situation. Or last year, somebody was pregnant and also had the flu and she was just really worried about showing up and getting anybody else sick or, you know, kind of performing in that state. So with bands, you actually have a higher likelihood that they're going to have backup people that are going to be able to replace that person without too much kerfuffle, if you will, especially if they often play events. If they're a band that isn't used to that, this question might throw them for a loop, but you want to see how they handle it and what they say that they would do. Obviously, this is a worst case scenario, but I know many, many times that we've had certain band members that are sick and they just bring in a replacement and it's kind of all figured out. The band takes care of it themselves. You don't really need to know too much. Nothing else changes. With a DJ, obviously, if they're a one person situation that doesn't have any other associates in the company, then that can get a little bit trickier. But again, this is where you just want to know, as with any professional, what's going to happen if you just can't physically be there on our wedding day? Like, are you just like calling us saying, sorry, can't buy? Are you making best efforts to kind of make it right? What are you doing? Yep. So on that note, a DJ not showing up on your wedding day is like absolutely terrible situation because they're sick. But there's also a situation that might happen that if you're working with a company that has multiple DJs and you're assigned a DJ at the beginning because you've like seen them before, you love them, or they just have these great reviews and that's a DJ you're assigned to, what happens if that DJ leaves the company? This is a situation because when you book that company, now I'm not necessarily talking about people that like they're just the one DJ and it is what it is. Obviously, they're not going to leave the company because it's their company. So this is a little bit different. But if you've picked somebody based off of their style and all these things, and then that person leaves, what's going to happen is you're going to often kind of go to the bottom of the list with who's left and who's available for your date which if you've picked a top-notch DJ and now you're getting somebody who's a little bit less experienced or newer to the company, ooh, that can get a little bit tricky. So <laughs> how is a replacement handled? Are you entitled to any sort of refund or cancellation if you aren't happy with said replacement? And that's a really sticky subject, so I don't want you guys to get hung up on the idea that like, oh, we, we're entitled to a refund, but you want to know how the company could handle it because you don't want a situation where you reserve the company's best DJ and end up with someone who's completely new to the industry because those are two different people ultimately you know i feel like as we're going through this there's some other things that we need to talk about obviously right now we're recording july 2020 and we are in the thick of the covid19 pandemic so i feel like there's who knows for how long we're still gonna have to ask 
COVID-19 questions, right? But I feel like we would be remiss if we didn't throw out a couple out there, right? Like we're talking about if a DJ leaves the company or if a band member is sick or whatever, right? And I feel like the same thing could happen for COVID reasons as well. So let's cover a couple COVID-specific questions. And I think the first one, and of course, you know, everybody's asking this now who's uh, a new couple coming to me, and they're saying, how are you handling postponements and cancellations with regards to this pandemic, right? And couples even next year, end of next year, still asking this question because who knows what is going to happen for the next year, two years. Yeah, I think it's a good question to ask. You want to know this question going in because by now, the vendor you're talking with has gone through it's safe to say they've gone through some version of a postponement or cancellation to their schedule. And I think they probably have a good handle on how they're handling it going forward, at least maybe for the foreseeable future. Who knows how long this is going to extend. But this is something that's either going to be in their contract, but if it's not, get clarity via email so you have something in writing from them. I'm not saying you know, put a gun to their head to say, tell me how you're handling postponements, they might have to give you a pretty vague answer that says like, we're kind of taking it case by case right now, but we know that we're going to be dedicated to doing everything we can to make it right and make your event happen. As hard as it is, try to accept that answer because that might be all somebody can explain right now, but know how they're handling it and how they're kind of going through the situation because it may or may not jive with you. COVID is also affecting just daily operations for if the wedding has actually happened. So say a wedding happens, but we're all just a little more germ sensitive or in tune with touching objects and surfaces and putting our things to our face, right? So especially with the band or DJ, how are they adjusting to this new COVID landscape? Think about all the things that happened with DJs, right? Like that microphone is touched by several people. It's also touched by the DJ. It's also put up to your face. People are spitting on it, right? Like that. Have you... Uh, actually, maybe I shouldn't go there. Never mind. <laughs> uh, I've just seen some very gross microphones when I've gotten up close to them. I think there's a lot of things we're seeing in weddings that we go, "Ooh, that was probably grosser than we cared to acknowledge back then. Yeah, but now we have this knowledge, so we have to take this knowledge forward and do better with it. So, yes. I would like to see DJs or bands wiping down the microphones in between toasts just as a way to show that they care about the next person coming up to use it, right? It's not a foolproof situation. No vendor is going to be able to say we're guaranteed that nothing we do is going to pass along COVID or do anything like that. It's just about doing what they can to show that they're being respectful and mindful of the situation, not just for them, for your guests, for you guys. So. Right. And also, you know, very simple things like, are they social distancing still? Are they wearing a mask? And just in general, are they following the up-to-date basic rules, guidelines, stipulations, whatever that both government and local officials are saying, and also what the venue is saying and asking of their vendors and guests. So, you know, it's a different landscape. And I think asking those questions is definitely doing your due diligence. So don't worry, be worried about asking those questions. Yeah, exactly. They're very fair questions to be asking for sure. I think ultimately, at the end of the day, it always comes back for me, at least about like this mutual respect for one another, the fact that you're respecting them and the the services or the products that they're providing, and they're respecting you and what you are asking for them to provide for your event, right? You want to make sure that you're both on the same page, that you're getting good vibes from one another. And ultimately, like just doing this thing together to have a really great time for you guys and for your guests, right? That's right. All right, guys, we dropped some like fun little questions in here. 
and also had some fun doing it. <laughs> I know, right? But ultimately, I'm going to say this again. If you want sort of like a good worksheet for this or any of your other vendors, I understand that us talking through it is not necessarily the most helpful way to like take down unless you're like taking mad notes. If so, you're my people. <laughs> but <laughs> like I said, I'm totally going to plug my shop because I'm so proud of my little shop. But yes, shop.dpnac.com, D-P-N-A-K. There's all kinds of worksheets in there for you guys. And I have a ton of plans to add even more for you along the way. So I'm going to put a link to it in the shop notes. Ringer Club, you guys know you get a special discount. And I'm so excited. But I would love to know, as you are going through this process, are these questions helpful? Are there other questions that you've thought of that are have like spurred a really great conversation? Please let us know, you guys. We are always down for hearing your thoughts and for you to share your knowledge with other people as well, with other couples. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Put a Ring on a Podcast. Hey, before we wrap up this episode, we want to take a minute and give lots of love and virtual high fives to all of our Patreon supporters. We wouldn't be here without you. You guys are the best. Yeah, you are. And if you want to join this fabulous community of ringers, because let's be real, things are way easier when you have a solid support system who's going through it just like you are. Check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash P-A-R-O-I, or just click the link in the show notes. Yeah, not only are you helping out our show, but we are committed to bringing you a ton of extra help along the way. Like we've said, we got your back. Another way you can show your support is to rate, review, and subscribe in iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you're listening to us right now. If you want to dive deeper on anything that we talked about today, check out the show notes at putaringonapodcast.com. And don't forget to connect with us on Instagram, where you can catch some more tips, see Dan's amazing photos, and watch some behind-the-scenes bloopers. Follow us at Put A Ring On It Podcast. Now, friends, remember, we are here to help you, but no matter whose advice you follow or what decisions you make, know that your wedding is going to be amazing. Because you rock! Until next time, ringers. <laughs>